IGP, and welcome to The CatCast, your show all about Gregory Portland ISD and us, your GP Wildcats. Here you'll learn what's happening in our schools and get to know our people. Those who are young and young at heart, let's learn together, GP. So we can all educate, inspire, and empower each other. Now let's tune in for today's episode of the GP CatCast. If you've been watching what's happening in GP, then you know there's a new school being built for our pre-K and kindergarten Wildcats. And with that new school comes a whole new way to learn through immersion and hands-on experiences. Hi Wildcats, I'm Eli Lopez from GP High School, and I'm truly excited to learn all about this new endeavor together with today's guest. Dr. Michelle Cavazos, our superintendent and the person who had the vision to reimagine early learning at GPISD, and Ms. Robin Rice, director of the new Early Childhood Center. Let's get started by learning something new about each of you. Dr. Cavazos, today we're talking about early childhood. When you think back on your early years as a preschool age child, what do you remember playing with that formed some of your earliest memories? I don't really remember any specific toys that I played with, but I do remember playing a lot outside. The house that I grew up in for a while backed up to a train track. I guess it wouldn't have been my preschool years, but my childhood anyways. Uh, My brother and I would go and play on the bank right beside the train tracks, and there were these bushes that we would crawl under and make kind of like a cave and hide under there. And then when the train would come, we would flatten against the ground. We weren't by the train. But um, I remember just a lot of our play was outdoors. And now as an adult, what is one kind of experience or circumstance that reminds you of when you were a young child? Well, I still like doing outdoorsy kinds of things. Like I love to go hiking. When you just asked me that question, it made me think of going to Ruidoso. Actually, it wasn't Ruidoso. It was somewhere in New Mexico. Now I can't even place it. But where all the red rocks are and going hiking, there are several yeah, great places to go hike. I just love being outdoors. So that's sort of my play is being outdoors. Thank you so much. And now, Miss Rice, tell us about your favorite way to play when you were as small as you can remember. Small as I can remember, um, I was very imaginative as a young child, and I loved baby dolls. What's funny about that, though, is that I wasn't necessarily all about keeping them super tidy or changing their clothes or anything like that. I, too, loved to be outside. So my baby dolls were often outside with me. We had a blackberry tree in our backyard, and I would make mud. I'd make pies and put blackberries and all kinds of things in them. I did some things that, you know, upset mama because sometimes I'd just be so in my head on on all of it that I would wind up taking it inside and trying to actually cook it. Um, (laughs) And I asked my mother one time as when I got older, mom, why, you know, my, my other sister, my younger sister, she had dolls that my mom gave her when she was older. So these are your, your dolls when you were little. And I asked her, where are my dolls? Why didn't you keep any of my dolls? <laughs> and she said there was really nothing to keep because they were so loved and so played with <laughs> that it was just time for them to to find their way in a in the world someplace else. <laughs> so it's um, similar in that I really love to be outside, but baby dolls were a big deal for me. I loved playing with baby dolls. And today reminds you of being little. 
Um, every day I'm reminded of being little because of the, the kids that I work with. That's that's for certain. However, like I, I, some of the things that I think probably carried over into my adulthood would be um, that I still love to dig in the dirt. I uh, kind of transferred it to gardening. Definitely don't get to garden as much as I like to, but I, I love to. And when I really need to check out and take some time for myself, that's where I go. I go back to digging in the dirt. That's wonderful. Thank you both for sharing with us. Today's cat casts about early childhood as a new gateway for learning and GPISD. That title is intriguing as it suggests a shift from the way our young learners excel today to something new. Dr. Gavassos, can you explain in your own words what that shift in learning will look like after the new Early Childhood Center is open next year? Sure. Well, like you heard Ms. Rice and myself both explain that a lot of our early learning was through play, and that's what will be happening at our Early Childhood Center. We will have 18 different experiential classrooms where kids will be learning literacy, like learning how to read and sounds and words and numbers, so their numeracy in these experiential places through play, rather than sitting at a desk with something with a pencil or crayon in their hand only. They will be talking with their peers, they'll be counting, they'll be, like I said, learning their sounds in these experiences that will then also build their vocabulary. So there are science spaces, there's social studies kind of learning spaces. So they'll learn all the words along with learning how to read and write and do math. Ms. Rice, education research tells us that there is a 30 million word gap for early learners. And as I understand it, this school is being designed to address this issue. Can you please explain what that means and how is this new learning model will help us address it? Sure. Uh, so there are a lot of children who come to school that uh, maybe don't have as many opportunities. So as a result of those, the lack of opportunities, either in just hearing good language, but also in having experiences, for example, uh, being able to go to a museum or taking a trip um, some kids don't get to ride their bike anywhere, but, you know, within their driveway, things like that. Because of that, we have students who come to school with what we call a word gap. And primarily that's around vocabulary. And a lot of our vocabulary is developed through our experiences. Like a, an example for adults would be that if I handed you a scientific research paper on neuroscience, you might be able to read the words, but you wouldn't really know what they meant because you don't have any experience in neuroscience, for example. But that happens to our children, too, on some things that many of us take for granted. So the idea behind the school is that with the different experiences that are like theme-based, for example, space or farm-to-table, uh, they, they get to be in that museum-quality experience where the teacher can't help but use language that have to do with some of the essential ideas of the experience itself. So they're, they're getting vocabulary that way and um, building background knowledge. Then, and really the idea behind that, for example, when, when they get to third grade, after being in some of the experiences that they've been in, if it's now time in third grade for them to uh, talk about the elements of a fairy tale, 
they have been fully immersed in a fairy tale experience room where that language has already been used for them. And we as humans learn through connections and making connections, either with our experiences or with relationships with other people. So in third grade, they might be able to think back to what they experienced in that room in pre-K to help them draw some knowledge from their experiences and add to their knowledge as they get older. And, and the idea is that it happens all the way up through high school. For example, we see a lot of connections with CCMR and being able to have children even draw from, say, they find themselves very interested in, in animal health. And that's something that they decide that they want to study. They will have had experiences drawing all the way back to them being four or five years old where they have something to draw on from those experiences. Um, and there's a whole lot more examples I can give you where that's concerned, but mm-hmm. we'd be here for a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> this is great information. Thank you for sharing. Ms. Rice, I know that the new school will be open next year, so what plans are in place right now to help teachers and staff get ready to provide the new learning experience? So one of the things that we um, knew right away was that we were going to be moving from a very traditional kind of classroom setting with desks and chairs and, you know, a carpet on the floor, things that you would typically see in, in a traditional classroom which are not bad things. They're, they're good things, but our setting is different and for a different purpose that we've just talked about, building their background knowledge and their vocabulary and experiences. And so um, one of the first things that we helped teachers do is to find ways to create their current classroom environment without some of those things, without chairs. We know that little kids Uh, actually learn a lot better when they're not having to sit still for long periods of time. You know, we kind of give them a crash course in sitting still when they walk in the door, and that's really not what's best for, for young children. So we've found ways to also do a whole lot more time in what we call centers or stations. And in those areas, students can learn in smaller groups and in chunks, sometimes even in pairs, uh, rather than in whole group. Our whole group time is, is very short. We might have 10 minutes of whole group, and then we move on to more exploratory kinds of learning. Uh, And the teacher spends a lot of time with students in those centers as well. She moves from center to center and has interactions with the kids along the way to make sure that they're learning what they're supposed to be learning, like Dr. Cavazos referred to, their numeracy and their reading skills and things of that nature. But also what we have started to implement more heavily this year is we're practicing some of the themes and some of the experiences that are in the new school. For example, there is a theme or an experience room called All About Me, and it's primarily about taking care of yourself and health and things like that. So if you were to walk into one of our classrooms that is practicing that experience, you would see things like them learning how to brush their teeth. But they might be doing it by um, writing their numbers and then erasing them with a toothbrush, things like that. So we're drawing on some of the ideas from the theme or the experience to help them learn some of the other pre-K guidelines and skills that they need to be learning. Is there anything you and your team have learned that may have surprised you so far during the planning process? 
I think there's probably several things that have surprised us. I know that it was very scary. Like I like to take risks and try new things, but there's a there's a lot of people who don't necessarily. And I think that it was scary. For example, like I said, when we started to to take to change the environment and take tables and had less chairs, you know, that people think, oh, I have to have a chair for every single child. And, and they don't, you know, depending on how they're operating within the room. I think what surprised some of our teachers was that by about a month or two in, they were like, uh, where can I send these tables and chairs? You're right. I don't need them. And I think that, that was something that was surprising to them. And they were ready to let them go because it was inhibiting the work that they were trying to do with their kids. Dr. Cavazos, also speaking of planning processes, why do you as a superintendent want to lead the district in this direction? And how did that planning happen? And what are you most excited about leading up to this opening of the new school? Well, as Ms. Rice articulated, you know, we have this, this unique opportunity to really engage kids through play, to build their skills. And I think that we in Gregory Portland ISD have the opportunity to really innovate and lead the way in transforming how we do public education. You know, for our youngest learners, as Ms. Rice said, they learn through play. And we're going to give our kids, and we already have started to do that, we're giving them the opportunity to learn through play. And we know that that is going to pay off dividends for them throughout, throughout their entire educational career, but also throughout their entire lives. So we really are excited about being able to lay that, that strong, solid foundation for kids, no matter what their home environment or home experiences are, that when they come and walk through our doors, we're able to provide those experiences and opportunities to really, in essence, level the playing field and put every student on the pathway to success. And then we also want to be the leaders in public education, not just in our region, but across the state and potentially the nation in the way that we really address young learners. So, you know, you're in high school, but how much do you like sitting in a desk all day with a pencil in your hand or maybe you've got a device, but it's kind of hard to sit all day long, even at your age or even my age. And imagine what it's like for a three, four, and five-year-olds. And so really this opportunity for them to learn in their best modality um, is just a game changer. It sounds so amazing. I'm sure everyone will want to have their kids attend at the new school. Dr. Gavazos, that being said, I've heard that there may be some questions about enrollment and whether all students will be able to attend this new school. Can you share that plan with us? Yes. So there's definitely a lot of excitement about coming to the school. Everybody's like, I want in, I want in, I want in. <laughs> and we would love to be able to have everybody uh, join us. However, um, it is being built for all of our kindergartners and then four-year-olds. And we're starting out with all four-year-olds who are eligible for pre-K. So that means, and I don't want to miss anyone on the list, but, you know, there's students who might be emergent bilingual, who may be economically disadvantaged, be military connected. So there's a whole list of kids who meet eligibility criteria. And then our vision for the future, though, is to have universal pre-kindergarten for all four-year-olds. Um, and then ideally, if we still had space, we'd look at some younger, potentially younger students as well. But when we open next fall of 24, we'll start with all of our our kindergartners and then our eligible four-year-olds. 
And, you know, right now we as a district do allow or accept transfers into our district. And so we already know this year we had a lot of interest because people wanted to know, was it starting this year? And they're like, we went in, we went in now. And so we anticipate we'll get even more interest next year when it does open and people wanting to be a wildcat. Miss Rice, you visited the school many times while it's been under construction. What is your impression about how the plans are coming together and what has been exciting for you through the, through that process? Everything has been exciting <laughs> to me through the process, but I'll hit, some, I'll, I'll hit on some highlights. Probably from the very, very beginning, um, when I had the privilege of being part of the stakeholder meetings, and there were people from all over the community, all over the school, and even beyond who were involved in helping to bring Dr. Cavazos's vision to life. Then there were more detailed meetings where we really got uh, detailed about which experiences we were going to have and how we were going to integrate kindergarten because we haven't really seen that happen in some of the other innovative schools that we've visited across the state or even in the nation. That was very exciting. And even up to last night, looking through some of the audiovisual types of things that will be in the school and the one of the groups that we're working with exhibit concepts periodically sends me those things to review and being able to just even go through those and review them with them and ask for certain tweaks for example they got confused about what a spoonbill looks like and they put in a stork so we catch those little things and and all of that's just very exciting to me then the building itself starting to look like a building paint on the walls seeing that start to come to life is just extremely exciting. Um, I'm also extremely excited about our teachers who are already on board. They're excited. And getting to the point where nearly every day I hear the words, I just can't wait. And I feel the same way. (laughs) Dr. Cavazos, is there anything else you'd like to add about the construction of the new school or what people will see and experience that may be surprising to them? I think what may be surprising to people is the amount of natural light that this building will have, which is such a big help and part of health and learning. But it's something that's going to be unique to this building is the amount of natural light in it. Along with all of that natural light, though, it's done in a way that maximizes student safety and staff safety. The building, I keep saying it's kind of like a big donut. In the middle, there's this courtyard where kids will get to interact and play and but also learn at the same time. There's an outdoor amphitheater in this courtyard space. And then everything looking into this courtyard space are windows that come in from the hallways in the classrooms. And the other thing that I think is really neat is the way that this building will facilitate independence for our youngest learners because there's something throughout the building that will be called wayfinding. Our four-year-olds and five-year-olds, some may not yet be able to read. They might have some, know some letters, but rather than having signs that say, come this direction to the space room, there will be colored lines on the floor that they will follow to their experiential space. And they will rotate among those spaces every two to three weeks or so, so that they get to eventually go through all of the different experiences and build their their content vocabulary. 
So there's so many more things that are really exciting about this space, and we just cannot wait. As Ms. Rice and the <laughs> teacher saying, we can't wait. We can't wait to be in there and for everybody to see this incredible space that is really being designed for our youngest learners and with them in mind. It is definitely a space for four- and five-year-olds. So me as a tall adult, I'll go in there and be like, everything's so low, but it's not built for me. It's built for our kids. And there's also a, a family engagement room that's at the very front of the school to welcome in families. There's just so many nooks and crannies, really, that inspire imagination and creativity that we know is just going to provide exponential growth and learning for our students. When we initially designed this building, we started by uh, giving every pre-K and kindergarten teacher a book to read to their students. And if I remember correctly, it was called If I Built a School. So they read that to their students, and then the students got to draw pictures of what they would put in their school if they were to design it. And then our architects and design team use those pictures and images to help design the colors within the building, some of the spaces, and then as well as many of the exhibits that are throughout the building. So it's really, you know, now those kids are probably first, second? First grade and going into some, maybe yeah. some second. And so they will, you know, get to see what their their visions have created in this new space. Awesome. Thank you. And I'd like to come and see the new school when it opens. It sounds incredible. Now it's time for your one thing. We'd like to ask you to share just one thing you hope our listeners decide to do after hearing this conversation and hopefully to improve their own relationships and connections to help their students. Ms. Rice, what do you think? What's your one thing? Hmm. I think my one thing is, I could choose a few, <laughs> but I think my one thing is one of the grounding principles for our new school, and that is wonder constantly. I think the way that we continue to build innovation and find better ways for helping students learn is by constantly wondering, um, never deciding that we're done, always knowing that there's still more to learn and still more to explore. And so I think that's what I would leave with people is to wonder constantly. And Dr. Cavazos? Man, that's kind of hard to talk, <laughs> to wonder constantly. I mean, that is so perfect. I think the other, as far as what I want people to do that they can do with their youngest learners and really all learners all throughout is you know, read together every day, um, spend time talking, put down devices, and actually engage in a face-to-face conversation. You know, some of my favorite times as a parent were uh, bedtime with my kids mm -hmm. because we would always read, whether it was a chapter book or picture books. I'll admit, some nights when I was reading to them, I'd fall asleep and they'd say, Mommy, wake up, <laughs> finish <Absolutely>. the story. <laughs> yes. But those are, those, that time together interacting is invaluable. And that, to me, is a game changer for our kids. And that doesn't cost a thing. It's absolutely. absolutely free, right? Yes, that's perfect, too, for sure. This is truly such an exciting project in GPISD, and I only wish I could have attended school at the Early Childhood Center. However, I'll be sure to come and see it. Listeners, help answer the questions in the community about this school and learning model by sharing this podcast with just one other person today. There's a lot to know and plenty of excitement building and the new way that students will learn through hands-on experiences 
It's something I know so many people are looking forward to, and as a new gateway for learning, that will set the foundation for our youngest Wildcats. It's sure to change the game for academic growth and GPISD. I can't wait to see it, and as a student, I want to thank you for your support of School Bonds that is making this project possible. No doubt, it's a great time to be a Wildcat. Thanks, everyone. The more we listen and learn together, the more we become a stronger GP family. We'll catch you next time, Wildcats.